Praise the Lord. Today we live different from the way we came in. In Jesus' name, He is here and He's strong. Then I'm not you, everybody. Um, uh, we'll just get into the material for today. If you were here last week, um, I'm just kind of piggybacking off those ideas. And uh, we talked about from uh, Matthew uh, chapter 16 how um, Jesus was explaining to the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees that if you can interpret the signs of the sky, then you can interpret the signs of the time. And he was admonishing them to be, be mindful of the times. And uh, when it comes to the events of the days in which we are living, I think we need to be very mindful as the people of God, as believers, um, of what is happening, particularly what's happening in Israel right now. Be uh, very attentive to God's prophetic timetable and time clock. Amen. Uh, I've, uh, you know, over the years, I've come across several people who are uh, delve into eschatological subjects, and they're very deep, matching numbers with verses and dates. And um, some of these findings are quite impressive, and there's some validity to them, uh, obviously. But um, you know, Jesus said it's it's actually not that complicated. If you can interpret the sky, you can interpret the times. Meaning if you can see a cloud coming and get ready for rain, then you can discern and know the times in which we are living. And we are living in such times now. Amen. Um, the prophetic role of the nation of Israel, that we even have a nation of Israel to speak of in this day, in itself is a prophetic statement. It's an end time statement. It is a sign of God's prophetic countdown. And it's some things that need to happen. I'm not going to get into all of that. We sp spoke about that last week. But I think it's, it's important for us to be ready. And I was saying, if you remember, that we need to have two ears. Because there's more than just what we read on the headlines. Voice. There's another thing to hear behind what we hear. That God always works behind the scenes. And we need to be very sharp, not just to be taking, taken by what we see at surface value, at, at surface level, but go underneath. See what God is cooking. Because my brother, my sister, he is cooking. He is cooking. And he is amazing. He's on time. So we talked about all these things and how it's important for us to be ready. Be at the right in that day. Look up. Put your head up. Be strong. He always specializes in chaos. He calls light out of darkness. He walks on the water. He moves in. Chaos is his specialty. He brings light out of darkness. Did you know that you would not know what light was if there was no darkness? Darkness is the precursor to light. Amen? So we sharp. going to be just fine. Our God is faithful. We're going to make it, and we're going to make it sharply. Hmm? Tell your neighbor sharply. Praise the Lord. So um, I want to just share something today. I feel the Lord has, has, has uh, uh, given us something. And um, as kind of continuing those thoughts, but the kind of the, the thing that I, I feel the Lord wants us uh, to position us for is 
to understand the kind of people that we should be, and considering the times that we are living in, the considering the situations we are going through both personally and the nation of this nation and in the world, and particularly with these prophetic uh, clouds gathering. Uh, we need to be people of two headlines. Go with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 55. And verse number two. Isaiah 55 and verse number two. It says, Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Uh, what I wanted us to focus in in, is in, in the middle, uh, it says, listen, listen to me two times. And I believe the reason it says listen two times, it, it, it's some translation, it says pay careful attention or give special attention to what I'm saying. But the Hebrew is actually, it is actually, uh, the word is repeated. Listen, listen, meaning give careful thought. If you don't listen attentively, if you don't listen carefully, you could miss what God has to say to you. And if you miss what God has to say to you, the Bible says that if you listen, eh, then your soul will delight in the richest affair. Meaning if you miss what he's saying, your soul will be troubled. So the medicine for the troubled soul is listening. And if you said, oh, I've already listened and your soul is still troubled, then the challenge is to not just listen, but to listen, listen. Right? Yeah, because God's word cannot fail. It could be a listening issue. It could be the problem on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. And God is not a man. He does not lie. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not say, whoops, so I would put my bet on you and you're listening as being the problem. Not God and his faithfulness and his faithfulness to fulfill his word. Amen. So listening is the answer eh, of your troubled soul. The quality of your soul is a reflection of the quality of your listening. Better listening, better joy and delight in the soul. Hallelujah. Let me just, let me just sidetrack and say a, a, a new car... Eh, it will not bring you the kind of soul delight that listening does. Uh, finally getting married will not bring the kind of delight to your soul that listening does. Promotion on your job. Graduation from wherever and whatever. Any kind of thing that you aspire to become, you will end up being disappointed if you have banked your soul's delight on achieving or obtaining that thing. The true delight of your soul is only found by one in one source. The medicine for your soul, it comes from what does this the Lord? I believe that's why Jesus, he said over 20 times in the gospel it's recorded that he would repeatedly say, let him who has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. All throughout the scriptures, but particularly Jesus repeated this because he understood that there is something that I'm dropping that you need to be picking up, that if you don't pick it up, you'll be missing a lot. Amen? So go with me to John chapter 15. 
Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 15 and verse 7. This is a common scripture. I'm sure many of us are familiar. John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Okay? It says, if you remain in me and my word remains in you. Two different things. Meaning that it's possible to be in him, but his word not to be in us. This was the problem of the children of Israel. They were the children of God. They were the heirs of Abraham. They were God's very own inheritance. Right? They were in God, but his word was not in them. And because his word was not in them, they did not get the full benefits of what it meant to be in God. They perished in the wilderness when God had planned for them a promised land, not because they were not God's people, but because God's word did not find home in their hearts. They may be listened, but they did not listen, listen. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, listen, listen. John 15, 16, it says that he has called us to bear fruit and fruit that remains. My understanding is that fruit that remains is a result of the seed that remains. And the seed is the word of God. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, it says the seed is the word of God. So I wanted us to walk through this idea uh, because I want us to grasp how important this thing is. And these are the words of Jesus we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 13. And verse number, starting in verse number three. All right, Matthew 13 and verse three. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. He said many things to them in parables, saying, A farmer went out. To sow his seed. In the following verses, he explains in great detail and, uh, about the different kinds of soil that the seed lands on and the different kinds of fruit that came based on the, the soil. All right? And the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying, so they asked him and he explained in great detail. What he was talking about is not a farmer, but he's talking about the word. And he's not talking about the ground, but he's talking about the heart of man. The good seeds stands for the seed of the, uh, the word of God. And the heart is the soil that receives the seed. Based on how the seed is received, it will produce, verse, uh, produce fruit. This is the parable of the sower. Okay. Then jump to verse number 24. It says, Jesus told them another parable. Say another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed, good, sowed good seed in his field. Jump down to verse number 31. Jesus told them another parable. Say another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now either Jesus has a broken record. Eh? Or Jesus is really trying to get us to understand something here. Eh? All right, then we jump all the way down to verse number, verse number 30, 33. He told them still another parable. Say another parable. Now this is not Pastor Z speaking, this is Jesus speaking, excuse me. All right, so he said the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast 
that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked its way all the way through the dough. Now, either Jesus has a stuttering problem, eh, or there's something that we need to understand about the kingdom of God. He's saying another parable again and again and again, but he's saying the same parable in, again and again and again. All right? So, so I think what God is trying to tell us is not, he's not telling us uh, another parable. He is telling us the same parable over and over and over again because this parable is important for us to understand. In fact, Mark chapter 4 and verse 17, I believe it says, Jesus said that if you don't understand this parable about the seed, how can you understand any parable? How can you understand anything about God if you don't understand this? Because this is the parable of all parables. This is the principle of the kingdom. The farmer sows the word, uh, sows the seed, and the seed is the word of God. So it's all about sowing the seed and reaping the harvest. The seed is the word. The heart is the, the soil. And everything is tied into this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so this, is, this, is, this is what the kingdom of God is. This is what Jesus... I believe if Jesus was to come down in the flesh now, he might just tell us another parable. If we're Jesus, our special guest, let's welcome him. Jesus would stand in here and say, I have another parable to tell you, Beza Church. The kingdom of heaven is... He, Jesus did miracles. Jesus preached. But he taught the kingdom of God. And when he taught the kingdom of God, this is what he taught. So we better understand this. Probably not just understand it, but understand it, understand it. And not just listen to it, but listen to it, listen to it. Until we get it, get it. Because if we miss this, our soul might be in trouble. Right? Praise the Lord. So if that's what the kingdom of God is, let us consider what the kingdom of God is not. Hmm? The kingdom of God is not, I've been at Beza Church since the beginning. Because you can be at Beza Church since the beginning, and we'll give you a little recognition, all right? But that does not mean that the seed of God remains in you, right? Now, please, we, we appreciate everybody who's been here since the beginning, all right? And we appreciate those who came just today. But whether today or yesterday, that does not mean that His Word is in you, right? There's two different things, eh? Uh, the kingdom of God is not, here we go now. The kingdom of God is not the fire. I thank God for the fire. I'll be the first in line to get my fire. But that's not what the kingdom of God is. Otherwise, Jesus would have said the kingdom of God is like a fire. The kingdom of God is not like a touch. I've seen people get touched so incredibly, ridiculously, powerfully. But they get up and don't know where they're going or who they are. Because being touched by God does not mean that his seed is living in you. Okay, I offended somebody right there. I'll pray for you. I'll knock you over. We have very, we're very professional here. We'll knock you out by the spirit of God if that's what you want. But when you get up from whatever, uh, you know, whatever country that you went to in the spirit, uh, you better have something in you of substance. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right? Uh, the, the kingdom of God is not the miracle. I thank God for the miracle, but that's not what the, that's not what, 
Are, are you following one? I'm a product of miracles. There was a time, I, we have a lot of first time visitors. There was a time I did not have a car. This is not for you, this is for our, our visitors. First time visitors, we did not have a car. I took a plate from the kitchen in the morning and began to drive it around the house in the morning, a plate. That evening, hallelujah. That evening we had a real car, hallelujah. That's my testimony. That's how I built my ministry. That's how we built this church on that testimony right there. All right? Don't mess with me now. Okay? Uh, and, and I thank God for that. That is my testimony. But that's not what the seed is. The miracle points to the seed. The seed does not point to the miracle. He confirms his word with signs and wonders and miracle. Not the other way around. So we thank God for his visitation, his touch, his experience. But at the end of the day, the kingdom of heaven. We better listen, listen. After we fall, shake, jump, run. We better listen because it's possible to run and not listen. And you'll be running and your soul will be in trouble. You're welcome. All right. I want you to see how important this is. See, the enemy, the enemy, he is not after the signs. He's not after the miracle. The enemy is after the word. Hmm? The Bible says that there was a seed that was sown along the, the, the path. And the Bible says when the enemy saw the seed, he ran and snatched the seed so that it would not bear fruit. Right? Because the enemy, the, 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 the enemy is afraid eh, of the power of the seed. The Bible says in Mark 4, 17, about the seed that is sown, it falls on, on I think it's the the. the, the, the Thorny ground, I believe. Thorny or rocky ground. But it says that because of the persecution and trouble that comes because of the word, eh, those people pull back from the word and they're not able to bear fruit. The trouble and persecution comes because of the word. Elsewhere, the Bible says that when the enemy saw that the seed was sown, he went and sowed tares among the wheat. Right? Why did he sow tares? Because, see, the enemy understands something that we need to understand today. He understands the power of the Word of God. He understands the potency of the Word of God. So he will fight tooth and nail to ensure that the Word of God does not find home in your heart. That's the one thing he is terrified of because he knows the power of the word and the unfortunate thing is he knows how more, how power he knows the power of the word of god more than we do may the lord give us revelation today may the lord open our eyes so the enemy is afraid of the word but jesus if you really want to impress jesus get back to the word there was a roman centurion who had a son a servant that was sick and he came to jesus and said master my servant is sick please come and heal him and Jesus said, I'm going to come. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't come. Woo, hallelujah. He said, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I know how the system works. Jesus, just say the word. And I know my servant will be healed. Now, Jesus turned around and said, my goodness. 
It says Jesus was amazed. Jesus was impressed. Jesus, he doesn't do this all the time, you understand. It takes a lot of something to impress Jesus. Right? He's seen it all, literally. <laughs> right? He says he's impressed. And he turned around and says, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel as the centurion has shows. Go, it shall be as you have believed. And he went home and the miracle happened. His servant was healed. So the miracle eh, came after the word. So see, uh, oh Lord help us. See, Jesus' popularity was tied to his miracles. In the three and a half years of his ministry, the world was turned upside down by one man because he walked eh, under an open heaven as a son of God in the earth. All right? and, and everything shook. The miracles were astonishing and people went looking for miracles. And so of all the people who chased Jesus for miracles and even those who received miracles from Jesus, of all of those people, we don't hear of them ever again. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They kind of disappeared like the fog. But there were some people that kind of had some longevity to them. People like Peter. That when everybody left, he stood up and says, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. In other words, we have nowhere to go because we are attach attached to that word. We're not just listening, Jesus. We are listening, listening. We're understanding that there's something going on here behind the scenes and we're attracted to that. And that same Peter who said those words, he became Peter the rock, right? He became Peter who, who, who wrote the epistles of Peter and preached on the day of Pentecost. And, and he became the Peter on which the Catholic church, the bones of whom whose Catholic church is built. Now, I don't want to get into doctrinal differences, but I would just want to make the reference. That's impressive. That he's, he's still around. Right? I'll just leave it at that. I didn't say anything. I'm just saying he's still around. And may someday they build a church on the bones of Pastor Z. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but there's no church built on the people who receive miracles. Listen, listen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. It's many parables. They're all saying the same thing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Miracles don't have a sustaining power. Breakthrough does not have a sustaining power. It's all pointing to the word. Um, the children of Israel, there's no generation in the history of the world that experienced miraculous provision. Like the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. The Bible says they came out on eagle's wings. He parted. He parted a sea, not a stream. All right? A sea. They witnessed this with their own eyes. I wish they had Instagram back then. Can you imagine? You talk about viral. Hmm? <laughs> right? But not only that, like they were sustained supernaturally for 40 years. Their shoes did not wear out for 40 years. All right? You change shoes every two months, right? 40 years, the same shoes. They had supernatural manna every single day. Supernatural. Like God just provided food for them. 
There was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Every day just to make sure that they're nowhere to go and that they were protected from the heat and the, and the cool, cool of the night. God provided super. They saw this stuff every single day. If it was a matter of miracles. But that same generation that saw these miracles died in the wilderness because they complained. Hebrews 3 and 4 reminds us that these people serve as an example to us so that their end would not be our end. They were the people of God. They were in the miracles of God, but they did not listen. Listen. They just listened. They could not attach to the promise of God. But there was two that did. Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb and Joshua, the Bible describes them as having a, a different spirit. But they really didn't have a different spirit. They had a different word. Yeah. Hallelujah. They saw everything, but they listened and listened, listened. Hallelujah. And it's that generation that knew the power of the promise of God. That received nothing more and nothing less than the promise of God. It was that generation that possessed everything that God has. Hallelujah. And I want to just encourage something. Encourage the church with something today. What God has spoken to us has not changed. He is the same. He has not, he has not gotten tired. He's not getting old. His promise is just as true. And just as fresh as the day he spoke it. What might have changed is you and the difficulty and the, may God remove every lie, every circumstance and every challenge you are facing from your soul. And in place of that worry and anxiety, may he replace it with what thus says the Lord. Because your soul will be treated properly. There is no greater medicine. There is no greater help. There is no greater answer. There is no greater counseling than what God has promised to his people. I'm going to say amen for myself. Praise the Lord. He's a faithful God. He's faithful to his promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Jesus, uh, after he rose from the dead, he found two disciples on the Emmaus road. And they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus and their face was downcast. The reason their face was downcast is because in their mind, Jesus, who they thought was going to deliver Israel, had, had died and was buried. They did not have the fortitude to look up and see that Jesus is right here. And, and Jesus did not reveal himself to them. Because if he revealed to the, himself to them, they would have been impressed with a great miracle. And remember, miracles, seeing miracles is fantastic. It goes viral, but it does not build faith. Faith does not come by miracle. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So instead of saying surprise or it's me, he took them back to the word. And he said, it says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he began to tell them from the scriptures. Everything that was said about him. And after they had understood, in fact, the Bible says afterwards, they testified and said, was not our hearts burning inside of us when he unpacked the scriptures for us? Meaning that there is nothing that will bring delight to your soul. Like the promise of God. And if it does not bring delight, then listen and listen, listen. Right? Hallelujah. And after he convinced them through the scriptures so that they were locked in by faith. He revealed himself to them. 
And they were so excited they went running back. May the Lord give us a revelation of him through his word. May the Lord teach us what's next through his word. Not through CNN. Not through BBC. Not through the current economic condition. Not through the crazy rental prices and the price of Timatim Shunkurta and Karia. Come on somebody. May the Lord give us a revelation of what he is up to by his word. And may that word find a listen, listen somewhere in Beza Church. So that the fruit of the kingdom would be born in you. We get blown away this way and that by the wind. Because sometimes the wind is pretty intense. I know. Sometimes it's pretty, it's pretty real. Yeah, sometimes it's very alarming and concerning. But regardless of how crazy it looks, how far gone it looks, God is still faithful to his word. The children of Israel did not fall short because God got tired. Right? When Jesus was, was, was crucified and when he was buried, the Bible says that all of his disciples were scattered. Except for John and our... our, our uh, Beloved uh, mother. <laughs> All right. Uh, they were the only ones that everyone was scattered. Why was everyone scattered? The reason they were scattered is because they were following Jesus. But they were not listening, listening. Meaning they had ambitions for plans that were different from what he had promised. And it's possible to follow Jesus, the right Jesus, for the wrong reason. Uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, uh, if I was Jesus, I would have gone straight to Pilate's house and just showed up at the dinner table. Can you imagine the drama, right? Or to Caiaphas' house, you know? But Jesus is on mission. He's not trying to impress. He's, tr he's, he's working with the kingdom. So he, he, the, the angel said to the people who had gone to the tomb, he says, why are you looking for, from, for, for him here? He is not here. He has risen just like he Meaning that he had already said what the plan was, but there was no one listening. Everyone was following something completely different. Everything was being entertained except what he said. Let him who has ear to hear here what does that tell me they were all locked away in a room and then some of them when they saw him they still couldn't believe it even though he had said which means that just because he has said it does not mean and i'm not making light i probably would have scattered too to be honest because i mean if this is what they're going to do to jesus then i'm next right what's that what do we say in something yeah it's like a prophecy to my feet get me out of here yeah because that's like pretty traumatic, right? But the, the, the point is, is that he had already said. So what they needed to do was say, I know it's painful. I know this is not what we ordered. I didn't expect Jesus to be arrested. I was expecting him to show up and show off. Because we believe that he is the son of God. Crucifixion is not on the agenda. Even though he was telling them, the son of man will be crucified. He will be buried. But on the third day, he told them. But they were listening to something different. Uh, all right. And then to the point that when he did rise from the dead, it was too good to be true, too impossible. And I would like to introduce you to the method of God. 
The method of God is that the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. And the seed is a promise that is as good as God's nature and character. So if God has spoken, our job is not to hold the word and take into, uh, take into account all the drama that's going on pretty much like it is right now. Our job is to take the word of God, take the promise of God and said, I know it looks bad. But I'm dealing with a God who has never failed. I'm dealing with a God who cannot lie. I'm dealing a God who is faithful to the very end. So I would like to remind somebody right here and right now that he is still faithful to his word. So scrape all of the mess off and take that word back to where it needs to be. Hallelujah. And I have a prophetic word that I would like to declare to the church today. Hallelujah. That the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. That the hands of begging will turn to hands of blessing. That the river of God will flow from this place. And will be healing and life to everything that it touches. That my strategy, my three-point proposal and, and logistical plan to bring this to pass is that God has spoken. And that's all that matters. I don't know how it will happen and I don't know where it will come from. But God is not a man that he should lie. And God is faithful to his word. And we will see with our own eyes the visitation of God on this land, on this continent. That we will not only be a, a blessing to be able to take care of ourselves, but we will be a blessing to all nations of the earth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You, you know, we will even be so blessed that all of the, the, the you know, what, what Joseph said. He said that the blessing, he had been through a lot of trauma, right? And the blessing of God was so tough that he named his children after his blessing. Right? He named his first son Manasseh. Manasseh. Saying that the Lord caused me to forget all of the trouble that I had endured. You know, so many African people are bent on revenge. Because of what the Western nations have done and continue to do to Africa. So we have a plan, even in the house of God, to get some revenge. We come to the house of God with an agenda. Hallelujah. And we're just waiting for that perfect preaching from Pastor Z to say... Get them. But we are not. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, no appointments this week. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are not on a revenge mission here. We're on a blessing mission here. Manasseh said that the Lord caused me to forget the pain that I experienced. You know that's a serious blessing when it caused you to forget. We will be blessed so tough that it will make us forget. Hallelujah. Blessed so much that we become fruitful and a blessing. The first son was named Manasseh, which means for, to forget. The second son was Ephraim, which means twice fruitful. Hallelujah. We will be a forgetful people. To the, the blessing will be so great that we forget, but we're also fruitful people. And we'll be a blessing. Amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. In fact, just like Joseph, we've gone ahead of all of the people who abused us so that we can prepare a way for them because pretty soon everybody's going to need some help around here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You, you know, when you try to manage the difficulties of this continent on a human level, all right, 
It's too, it's too difficult. It will leave you up at night. But when you get into the level of God, his blessing is so great. His hand is so bountiful. Hallelujah. His blessings are so abundant. Hallelujah. That these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I know I sound like I am talking crazy. But you know what? I found out that crazy is a good place to be when you're dealing with God. There is a practical side of God, but there's crazy side of God too. And when God speaks, he speaks from his perspective and his vantage point. This nation will be redeemed in righteousness. This continent will be redeemed in righteousness. Hallelujah. I've shifted gears now in case you were waiting for me to shift gears. I have shifted gears now. Hallelujah. I have entered into the prophetic stream. I have seen from tomorrow. Hallelujah. And there is nothing but blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can choose today. Hallelujah. You can choose today what you're going to allow to listen, uh, yourself to listen to. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. We will hold to God's promise. We will go, hold to God's faithfulness. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Hallelujah. And my soul will delight in Jesus' name. You know, there's a language that accompanies this kind of faith. I found that in scripture, it's almost always that the promise of God will completely contradict the circumstance. That's how God works. Completely. Uh, th th that's why, you know, when God gives instruction, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren woman, and you who has never born children, sing, bring forth songs unto God, for more are the children of the desolate woman than of she who has a husband. Sing, O barren woman. Don't complain, barren woman. Don't go in your, in your, in your bitterness of soul to God and complain. Sing. Bible says that there are shouts of joy that resound in the tents of the righteous. Hallelujah. Where do those shouts come from? There must be another information source that you are drawing from. Right? Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. And they found a place to rejoice from prison. How do you rejoice? In well, you must have insider information. You must be responding to something different that everybody is responding to. May the Lord help us today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help us today. I know it might be bad, but it's not better than God and his promise. Hallelujah. So I just wanted us to get ahead of the game a little bit and start to praise God like Paul and Silas. Because they were attached to something different. And today, if in this last day, if we are not attached to something different, we'll be taken very quickly to a place very far. The stream and the current is that strong. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So I would invite somebody who has a promise from God in your spirit that you understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that is possessing a Joshua and a Caleb spirit. I want to encourage you, implore you, and instruct you to get on your feet now and give a praise to God because you have placed his word and his promise above all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise is the language of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. I know it's difficult, but he is still good. He is still faithful. Hallelujah. Just like he said. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We bless you, Father God, in this place. Father God, we have called you faithful. Hallelujah. It's so easy to be caught up. There's traumatic things that's happening in the country, even as we speak, Father God. It's very painful on a surface level, Father God. We need a word from the Lord now. We need to remind ourselves of the promise of God now. Jesus, you are the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, there is none like you. Um, I just want to implore somebody right now. Just to do some. Just replace. Replace those anxieties that have been worrying your heart. And replace them with the promise of God. If we listen, we might miss it. We have to listen, listen. Let's just replace every fear with the promise of God now. I was sharing with the prayer unusual group on Friday. Uh, the Lord showed me something. You know, John 14, John 14, verse 1, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. And then Philippians 4, it says, Let the peace of God, which transcends understanding, guard your hearts. Do not let and let. Right? So it's not the trouble that troubles us. We have a let that we can either give approval. It's kind of like the immigration visa or the consular visa at the U.S. Embassy, British Embassy, Canadian Embassy. May the Lord give some help to those brothers and sisters. But they have a power, if you know what I'm talking about. They have a power to let and do not let. You have a consular visa section in your own heart. You can let... And the Bible says, do not let your heart be troubled. And let the peace of God. Hallelujah. I believe that requires some listen, listen. Amen. It is well with the people of God. It is well with the people of God. It is well with the people of God in Jesus' name. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. I do not let. Hallelujah. Trouble doesn't trouble you. You let the trouble trouble you. Do not let. Let the promise of God arise. Hallelujah. I pray that as you walk through this week, what we have heard this morning would be so real. We don't have to panic be frightened our fear is going to be dispelled because what we have deposited in the inside of us the word we hear is a guarantee to keep us safe alive and breathing so I, I, I pray as throughout the week, 
there is a god who speaks and may give god give us a heart to listen not only you know jesus said be doers of the word not just hearers we have heard enough what remains this week now that we be doers of the word so wherever you are whatever you do i pray the lord will give you the strength the anointing you do what he says do and as a result if find heavens open and you find yourself a door of blessing injecting hope to the hopeless injecting peace to those who are disturbed the world around you is crying listen listen we are grateful to you oh god our father the way you have ministered to us through your word help us to listen and listen again to what the spirit of god is saying to the church help us to obey as we listen stretch out our hands and now receive the blessings of the Lord the Lord bless you the Lord shine his face upon you the Lord make his word real powerful may you be given the grace and the encouragement and the obedience to hear what God is saying and to put it into practice that the darkness around you would be dispelled by the power of light in places where there is wound through your word there would be healing troubled souls would be filled with the peace and the joy of the lord god bless you with wisdom god bless you with encouragement with foresight to put into practice what you have heard this morning god bless you with peace god bless you with joy and above all else god bless you with a listening ear in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and all of god's people say amen give him praise give him praise hallelujah hallelujah have a nice week We'll see you next week.